everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, June 26th, the last week <gasps> of June. <laughs> and yes. we have a busy week to talk about. Yes, we do. There's been a lot going on. We're about to start the new season officially on July 1, especially with regard to the U.S.'s National Qualifying Series. Yes, yes. And with it being the last week of June, it means it's the last week of Pride Month. But, I mean, we celebrate Pride all the time. But Skate Canada and U.S. Figure Skating had Instagram Lives for Pride Month this week. First, for U.S. Figure Skating Instagram Live host Elliot Helverson interviewed former skater turn coach Derek Delmore about how he creates a safe space for athletes to express themselves. Then it was Elliot's turn in the hot seat as she was a guest on Skate Canada's Community Voices where Elliot was interviewed by Caitlin Weaver. They talked about Elliot's journey in skating and how she navigated being a transgender, non-binary athlete. And we will post a link to both interviews in our show notes. It was nice to see Elliot be the guest after being the host. And um, two good interviews there. So we will put the link in the show notes so you can listen if you haven't already done so. And then I forgot to mention, U.S. Figure Skating Fan Zone posted an article on Jason Brown and his coming out one year later, and we'll have that link in the show notes as well. Yes, it's been a pretty exciting month. There's been Mm -hmm. lots of social media posts, Instagram lives. It's been wonderful to see people free to be themselves. Yes. So um, June 23rd was Olympic Day. Olympic Day was initially launched in 1948. The first Olympic Day was primarily conceived is a way of spreading the Olympic ideal. In 2022, a new pillar titled Together for a Better World was introduced. It includes topics such as sustainability, inclusion, solidarity, and peace. And it's aiming to bring people together to contribute to a more peaceful world through the practice of sport. And the ISU created the hashtag, hashtag move for peace for And they did this for Olympic Day as a global campaign to encourage the ice skating community to get inspired and move together on or off the ice. I loved seeing the Olympic Day posts. It was just like, uh, you know, flashback to just a couple months ago when everybody was in Beijing. So it was nice seeing the Olympic Day posts. And I I sent a text message to our Olympic photographers, you know, wishing them a happy Olympic Day. Because it's not just about the Olympians, it's about everybody who is a part of the Mm -hmm. Olympic movement. So I, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed Olympic Day. But June 23rd wasn't just Olympic Day. It was also the 50th anniversary of the passage of Title IX. This federal civil rights law has been credited with prohibiting sex-based discrimination in any school or any other educational program that receives funding from the federal government. Um, This is a big thing in sport, obviously, and U.S. figure skating made some social media posts for the anniversary. Yeah, there have been some interesting articles put out there this Mm -hmm. past week, kind of going through 
the beginning of Title IX and how things are now, like bridging mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. 50 years ago to now, all the work that's been done and all the work mm-hmm. that needs to be done in the future to keep this evolving. Yes. So moving on to event results, again, this is starting to amp up. Yeah. The National <laughs> Theater on Ice competition happened this past week in Wichita, Kansas. There were more than 75 theater on ice teams that were competing at nationals. And we will have those results in our show notes. Yeah. And Lake Placid held the figure skating championships. um, And that's a singles competition. So we will put the link to that in our show notes as well. And Daphne was following this one very closely. Yes. I have to say, though, before I talk about Chesapeake, I was really excited to see social media posts from folks that were in Lake Placid for the singles competition because, well, Gina, in a month we're going to be there for the ice dance competition. I think it's exactly a month. I think, well, we're yes. recording today on July, July or June 26th, and July 26th is when we're going to be in Lake Placid, so. Yeah, so excited. Can't <laughs> yes. wait to get back there. But yes, Chesapeake Open took place this week. Usually, it's the first competition that's in the National Qualifying Series. It was not chosen this year. However, it's still a big ice dance competition. A lot of teams are out there getting their feet wet. I saw familiar names on the leaderboards. Lots of kids changing levels and moving up to to a higher level, especially at Novice and Junior. I'm really excited to get to see some of these kids next month because... They've grown so much, even just in the last six months. So I'm excited to see what they're putting together, especially the kids moving up from novice to junior. I've been watching them from the time Mm -hmm. they were juvenile. So it's really exciting to get to see them taking this next step. Uh, We also had teams that um, did not compete as much last season coming back. So I'm really excited to see um, programs next month which is literally a week away Um, but we will have results for that competition in the show notes i also wanted to mention that the ice dance camp that u.s figure skating created um also took place this past weekend i believe it was on saturday and usfs created this opportunity for teams from the juvenile to senior level to work with invited experts on and off ice specialists This has been a pretty well-received opportunity and event for teams. It's been going on for the past 12 or so years, and it's usually held on that Saturday after um, Chesapeake ends for the dance team. So Hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see the dance teams in in a month, as we said. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So. I get to see them. I get to see them a little bit quicker. Yeah, you do. I'm going to Dallas. Yes, I'll be at the Dallas Classic along with Ann and Robin from TeamIceDance.com. So we're very excited to start our season in the first NQS event of the season for Ice Dance. Well, moving on to our general skating news, and we have a lot of news. So bear with us. This segment may be just a little bit longer, but we're going to start off 
with the news about Four Continents Championships, which was originally to be held in Sydney, Australia. We got news this week. It will now take place in Colorado Springs in February. Tickets and more information will be announced at a later date. I know some fans have been reaching out wondering when tickets will be available and all that sort of information, and we will just need to wait. Stay tuned, and we will, as soon as we know anything, we will bring it to you, of course. Ice Skating Australia released a statement about why the competition got moved from Australia to the U.S. They said they were unable to secure funds in time and that due to unexpected complications with the venue in the middle of 2021, they were forced to transition the event from the confirmed venue in Sydney. After an extensive search, they elected to transition the event to the Gold Coast. Over the last few weeks, they were working with the city of Gold Coast to finalize support needed to host the event. Ice Skating Australia said the city had been 100% supportive of the event, but at this point in time, they were unable to finalize an agreement with the city and due to the time constraints placed on by the ISU, the ISU elected to reallocate the event to the U.S., so I feel bad. I really do. Uh, you know, Me Australia too. was supposed to have this event back in, what was it, 2020? Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, we know what happened. But, and I was really hopeful they were going to get to have it. And I was, I had heard about people going. Like, I know Melanie was excited to get to, you know, go to Australia. And a lot of people were excited about the opportunity for Australia to host an IASU championship. Um but I'm going to be honest, I'm excited that it's coming to the U.S. I have not been to a Four Continents, so I'm looking forward to going to Colorado Springs. I also haven't been to Colorado Springs. It's on my bucket list of places to go to. So I am planning to be at Four Continents in February in Colorado Springs. Um, I already have my hotel booked. Shh. Um, but, <laughs> it, but yeah, yeah. I mean... I just, you, I feel bad again for Australia in this, but it's an opportunity for people in the U.S. who, I mean, we did have four continents in Anaheim just a few years ago, but it's an opportunity for the U.S. to host an ISU championship that we haven't really had one since four continents in Anaheim. So, so yeah, sad, yeah, b- bittersweet sort of news. Sad for Australia, but happy for the U.S. here, so. I have been to Colorado Springs. I was out there for the JDP. I think it was 2015, 2016. It's a great arena. It's uh, the altitude when I first got there was a bit rough, uh, but it was okay. And it's interesting because now two of the four ISU championships are going to be held in North America. Because the World Junior Championships will take place in March in Calgary. So... Yeah, I mean, this is a great opportunity Mm -hmm. for North American fans to get to see some high-level skating. Yeah, and I know people were um, commenting on social media about the altitude. Like, why did they pick a place with, you know, high altitude? Well, Colorado Springs has hosted Four Continents before back in 2012, also 2006, 2007. So this is a location Mm. that's hosted this competition before. Having to shift this competition at this mm-hmm. point in time is going to be difficult. So I'm not surprised that they went to a location like Colorado Springs mm-hmm. that's proven that they can host the event in the past. Right. 
So the ISU released communication number 2844 that gave more decisions that were made by the council during the Congress. The ISU council granted a provisional ISU membership, the figure skating branch, for the Kuwait Figure Skating Federation, which is Hmm. great. It's always wonderful to have new countries coming into the ISU. Yeah. Caitlin Weaver of Canada was appointed as the ice dance representative for the ISU Ice Dance Technical Committee. And Alper Ukar of Turkey was appointed as the coach representative for the Ice Dance Technical Committee. It's pretty great. Um, Alper has been coaching down in Florida and is working with the, the Turkish teams that are training down there. And he's also got a bunch of other uh, hmm. skaters as well. So it's cool to see two competitors or former competitors that are not long out of the competitive world. So mm-hmm. it's great to see that. For singles and pair skating tech committee, the appointed skater is pending, but the appointed coach is Patrick Meyer of Switzerland who I saw competing back in 99 wow. in St. John. <laughs> so I saw him compete back okay. in 1999, Skate Canada in St. John. That was my first Grand Prix event. Oh. So I remember seeing him there. A funny story, Laurent Tobel was skating a program to Austin Powers and the fire alarm went off in the middle of it. Oh, yes. that's a funny story. <laughs> it's something that you don't forget. No. You don't no. forget ever. <laughs> so in addition to the allotment of four continents going to Colorado Springs, the ISU also provisionally allotted the 2024 four continents to Shanghai, China, and the 2024 Junior Worlds competition to Taipei City, Chinese Taipei. Hmm. Also, the council decided to postpone the allotment of the ISU championships for the seasons, the 24-25 season, the 25-26 season, and the 26-27 seasons to the, I- to the council meeting in October 2022 in order to fully evaluate the impact of the Congress's decision to amend the qualifying rounds of the World Figure Skating Championships. Um, you may remember Beijing, China, Prague, Czech Republic, Budapest, Hungary, Melmo, Sweden, and Boston are finalists for the 2025 World Championships. I would love it to come back to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it to come back to Boston, just putting that out there. I have such fond memories of being in the Boston Garden mm-hmm. and being at that competition it was my only world championship that I've ever been to, and Mine I was a credential <laughs> photographer. Yeah, it was fantastic <laughs> to get to experience that. Um, yeah. And Skating Club of Boston always does a, such a great job mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. their events. They're well organized, and yeah, I'm excited to see what they, if they're offered the opportunity, I'm excited to see yeah. what they do. But again, we're going to have to wait, see what the council decides. Right. We talked about the fact that the 2024 World Championships are in Montreal. So yes. will there be back-to-back yeah, <laughs> I don't know. North American World Championships? But who knows? Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. So the council also determined that skaters, couples participating in the ISU Championships in 2023, and by ISU Championships, we mean the World Championships, Junior Worlds, World. Four Continents, and Europeans, 
They must have reached the minimum total elements scores, TES, during the ongoing 2022-23 season. Usually it's the two immediately preceding seasons, but in this case, they're only going back one season. So you either have to get it this season or you had to have gotten it last season. They're going to hold to that, but if due to COVID-19 pandemic, an extended number of the competitions this fall are canceled, the council is going to review the situation in regard to the minimum TES again at that October council meeting. And if there is a very low or very high, like significant number of entries based on this minimum TES, the ISU council reserves the right to adjust that minimum TES. So we will put the link in our show notes to this communication with everything that talks about, you know, the championships, um, that they're postponing the allotment of them to the technical stuff here, um, all in our show notes so you can read it along. Yeah, the scores are listed in there too, but it would get real confusing (laughs) to be able, I mean, it would get real confusing to start riddling off a bunch of numbers I feel like it's better to look at them side by side. So we'll definitely have that in the show notes so that you're able to take a look at that table on your own. So Olympic champion ice dancers Gabriella Papadakis, Guillaume Cizeron, told French media on June 20th that they are going to sit out this upcoming season. What their competitive future looks like after next season, we don't really know, but they will be sitting out this upcoming season. It's not uncommon for teams to at least take a year after the Olympics, especially a team that's been to two Olympics, to just decide, okay, we're going to take a break and just pursue some other things for the year and then maybe come back. Virtue and Moyer have done Mm it. Um, There are other teams that have done it as well. So I'm not surprised. And I I hope that they enjoy this time because I Mm -hmm. feel like they've earned it. They've more than earned it. So I hope that whatever they're looking for during this year comes to fruition and that they have an enjoyable time. Moving on, we were abuzz with elections the last couple (laughs) weeks because of the ISU. Elections for the president of the French Figure Skating Association were held this past weekend. Uh, Ice dancer Natalie Peschelot, who's been steering the organization for the past few years, was defeated by Gwenael Gigarel Nori, who has really only been active in the Federation for the past five years. She received 52.8% of the vote, so it wasn't some landslide victory. Mm. We're talking about a close victory. Mm-hmm. And so um, Peshalat said, I accept it because it's democracy. And she also said her second reaction is that humiliation for all the collective work that she and her team have carried out for more than two years. Um, She knew for several weeks that the election was going to be tight. The interesting thing is responses on Twitter. uh, 2002 Olympic champion Gwendal Pezerat compared this upset to and I quote, the upteenth hidden return of Darth Vader. Wow. And he was referring to Didier Galhaget, who is just continuing to be involved in the sport, despite he was banned for a while. The sport in France, there were some different allegations, and 
they were trying to move things in the right direction. I feel like Peshalat's done a great job mm -hmm. steering the organization post all of those scandals and trying mm -hmm. to do something good. I'm not sure what's going to happen in the next few years, but we'll see. Yeah. Hmm. The new president did go on the record saying that she did consult Didier Gahaget because he has years of experience. So I guess we'll soon see what comes of this. Anyway, I'm disappointed because I really felt Natalie Peschelot had done a fantastic job so far. She yeah. was really trying to move things forward in France. And I guess we'll see if all the work that she and her team did is undone or if the new president decides to continue on. Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, as you said here. Um, and it isn't just the French Figure Skating Association having some changes. Um, it's a lot of changes are happening over at U.S. Figure Skating. Um, yes. Media was alerted to Executive Director Ramsey Baker um, leaving U.S. Figure Skating at the end of his contract, which runs through the end of 2022. Baker became Executive Director of U.S. Figure Skating on July 1st. 2021 after serving as the organization's acting executive director for the seven-month period preceding his appointment. Baker previously served as the organization's senior director of marketing and communications from 2005 to 2013 and chief marketing officer from 2013 to 2021. And again, as we've said, U.S. Figure Skating has lost a number of key staff members over the past few months. Um, we talked about Michael Terry, who was the head of media and communications for U.S. Figure Skating. And there was um, also Marissa Peterson, who was underneath Michael. And so there's just been a lot of changes going on over at U.S. Figure Skating. So we will wait and see. They are doing a nationwide search for a new executive director to replace Ramsey. But yeah. Yeah. People, I know most people don't know who Ramsey is, but he's been, again, as we I just stated all of what he's done at U.S. Figure Skating, he's been around U.S. Figure Skating for quite some time. And we're hearing about some people who have been, you know, the backbone of U.S. Figure Skating leaving and questioning, wondering what's going on. But we just kind of wait and see and just take a, you know, positive outlook and hope that whoever comes into these positions carries on the work that some of these people have done and just continues to move the organization forward. Absolutely. Yeah, David Wraith, who was the executive director before Ramsey, was there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Skate Canada announced that Joseph Fon has decided to retire from competitive figure skating. Joseph won two Canadian championships, novice in 2014 and junior in 2016. He finished fourth at the 2022 Canadian Championships and finished ninth at Four Continents this season. Skate Canada says Fawn is looking forward to staying in skating, whether it be in coaching or participating in shows. He is quite young. He's only 20, but um, wishing him the best in his next chapter of his career. Um, he was a great skater, and I think we didn't get to see his full potential, but you know, it is what it is. I think uh, some injuries may have plagued him a little bit and he needed to, you know, do what was best for him and move on with his career. The German Figure Skating Federation released a lot of news on June 20th. The first item was Paris team 
Minerva, Haas, and Nolan Seagart have announced the end of their partnership. Minerva would like to continue her skating career with a new partner, and Nolan is keeping his options open. He didn't really say if he was going to find a new partner, he was going to retire, so just kind of keeping his options open. So wishing them the best as they journey on to uh, the next chapter of their careers. Yeah, the Federation also announced that Ice Dance team, Katerina Mueller and Tim Deke, have ended their partnership. Both plan to look for new partners, and both Tim and Kati posted messages on their Instagrams. This was a little bit of a surprise to me because they did make it to the Olympics this year, and I, yeah, I didn't expect it, but, you know, so, you ha- sometimes skaters have to do what's best mm-hmm. for them. And I'm hopeful that both of them will find new partners and continue on. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see um, how this plays out for them. Yeah. Also, this was great news. <laughs> um, German ice dancer Joti Polizowakis. He's coming out of retirement. We talked about that before. He applied for clearance to compete for the Czech Republic. Jody has Czech citizenship and he will skate with Denisa Chimlova, and they were, are going to be coached by Barbara Fuserpoli. And this was also on social media. Um, it's really exciting. I know I've mentioned this before. It's going to be great to see Jody back mm-hmm. on the ice again. Really excited um, that he has come back to skating. I felt when he retired a few years ago that he was too young to retire from ice dance and was hoping that he would come back. So this is... This is um, great news. I yeah. think it shows, too, that you can take a break from your sport and then decide, hey, I'm going to come back. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this partnership um, and hope we get to see them, you know, compete this season. Yes. Also, uh, Sarah Hurtado and Kirill Halyavin are wasting no time. They're already coaching a new team in Spain, Sofia Val and Alexander Neiden. Uh, Sarah says she hopes that they will surpass what she and Kirill achieved in the sport. Mm. In the article that I read this in, it was um, Lavangardia. Um, she mentions that they had to leave Moscow basically within three days. So Kirill and his wife who is Ksenia Manko. She is his former skating partner. The young son, Sarah, they all uh, went back to Spain. And as we all have talked about, they have retired from competition, but they're going to be moving forward by coaching in Spain. There were not a lot of opportunities for them to work with, with coaches in Spain, which is one of the reasons they had to retire. They didn't, there really weren't any resources there. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited that they're already working with a team and Sarah and Kirill building up the next generation. Yeah, especially with the fact that Spain has two spots for the world championships (laughs) this year. And we had finally teams and, you know, and their careers now you know, we could have this, Could they could be coaching the future team to take one of the spots for the world championships. I know. I know. It's going to be interesting to see how this team does this season. They definitely have great coaches behind them. 
Well, we mentioned this last week, but all event tickets for Skate Canada International will be on sale to the public Monday, June 27th at 10 a.m. Skate Canada International will take place in Mississauga, Ontario on October 28th through the 30th. So if you didn't take advantage of the pre-sale, tickets are on sale today because this is when the podcast comes out. Um, They will be on sale. So um, yeah, so if you want to see the competition in Mississauga, get your tickets. All right. Well, let's move on to social media updates. Our new ISU president, Jay Yule Kim, was a guest on the ISU's Ice Skating Podcast. They shared that this week. They also had interviewed outgoing President Jan Dykema. I think it was on last week or two weeks mm. ago. So definitely check that out. Yeah, we'll put a link in our show notes for it. Ice Academy of Montreal announced on social media that Adrian Diaz will be joining the Ice Academy of Montreal coaching team in London, Ontario, Adrian recently announced his retirement from competitive skating. Yes. Ilya Malinin worked with Juris Razguliev's for his free skate. Razguliev's is one of the coaches for Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier. I know he went to a lot of their international competitions. He was often in the kiss and cry with them. Uh, Juris and Gillis and Poirier's other coach, Carol Lane, choreographed the free skate for Canada's Evelyn Walsh and Trent Michaud. And Daphne, again with the ice dance engagements. Yes! <laughs> and Love speak- is in the air. Love <laughs> is in the air. It is. It's wonderful. I love this because it warms my heart. And the reason it does, because the first Lake Placid I ever went to... Maddie Hubble was there. Evan Bates was there. (laughs) And now Piper Gillis, who was a little juvenile ice dancer, announced on Instagram this week that she's she's engaged to her boyfriend, Nathan Kelly. They've been together for quite a while. So they were engaged on June 21. I'm so excited. Congratulations Mm -hmm. to Piper. She is... Um, she's always been a firecracker and I'm just really excited for her. I was good friends with her mom, Bonnie, who unfortunately Mm -hmm. passed away a few years ago. And this, this just warms my heart Mm -hmm. along with the other engagements that, you know, we see the athletes on the ice, we see all of their programs, but then off the ice, they're also living their lives. Mm -hmm. And so this is one of those instances. So congratulations to Piper and Nathan. Yeah. I'm wondering if any of the other disciplines are going to start this, you know, trend of engagements. I mean, it's been ice dance for the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see any, you know, men proposing, women, pairs? <laughs> um, no, but congratulations Single to Piper. Single skaters, anybody. <laughs> anybody, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but congratulations to Piper and all the engagements we have been mentioning for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, June has been a month of love, of lots of love. Yes, yes. For sure. Well, speaking of Canada here still, Caitlin Weaver was on ET Canada Live on June 21st, and we will post the link in our show notes where you can watch the show. I'm going to tune it in. I didn't get to see her. I heard her like tweet about it, but I didn't get to see it, so I, I'm going to tune in. All right. Um, And the Fantasy on Ice Tour in Japan came to an end. With it, the wonderful photos that the cast members have mm-hmm. been sharing the past couple of weeks. I hope they keep sharing some in the future. I have enjoyed watching the happiness 
and the fun that they've been having on this tour. Jason, Johnny, and Nobunari Oda are three. I know I've mentioned him before. He's always posting uh, from the tours that he's on. And I'm so glad that after like this absence of touring, that the skaters are getting to be out there performing for fans. And Mm -hmm. one thing uh, that I read, Johnny Weir said this today, um, this tour is so much more than skating. We are a family. We spend our lives parallel yet alongside each other. And even if we're apart for three years, we're always together. Thank you, Japan. And thank you, Fantasy on Ice, for putting our family back together. And that gave me chills because we've talked about it on this podcast. The pandemic ripped things apart for the skating world a bit. Mm -hmm. And this, it just makes me feel like it gives me all the feels because... Mm -hmm. I love knowing that the skaters have this opportunity this season to, especially in the last couple months, to tour and be out there in front of the fans, mm-hmm. back doing what they love, you know, in shows. Yeah, yeah. I've been loving seeing the social media posts from this tour. Uh, Jason Brown's been a big one posting a lot. Yeah. Uh, but Jason, Jason enjoys himself anywhere he goes. But um, yeah. <laughs> he does. but uh, yeah, it was just nice. And you know, we know how fans are in Japan. So get having them having the opportunity to see shows again and to really appreciate skating is great too. Um, you know how much we appreciated it in North America here when we had skated uh, Stars on Ice for the U.S. and Canada. Um, these tours going on in Japan is just an opportunity for, you know, Japan, the Japanese fans to really get to enjoy the sport and get to see some people that they maybe don't always necessarily get to see. And some who like Johnny Weir, you know, we don't see Johnny, we hear Johnny and we see him, you Mm -hmm. know, on NBC, but we don't get to see him skate in shows any much anymore. So great opportunity. And it was, I'm glad, um, that, we have the tours back again that was we're getting back to normal yeah i'm i'm really happy as well i feel like the japanese audience embraces skating Mm -hmm. so much that they have to be like all fans appreciative that they're getting this opportunity to see live skating again right so moving on to our upcoming events for the week um the broadmoor open and Peggy Fleming Trophy and Aerial Challenge are continuing this week. Broadmoor kind of started at the end of last week, and now it's continuing, and Peggy Fleming Trophy and Aerial Challenge will be at the end of the week, so we will have um, information on those events next week, in next week's show, Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, That's a pretty big competition. You know, Broadmoor is sort of like as you know Daphne was saying like with Chesapeake Broadmoor is kind of the big one for singles it's the you know kind of the first big one where we start to see skaters um just kind of debut programs new teams um so yeah so we will wait to see results for that next week we will and as we mentioned last week we're anticipating hoping the grand prix assignments come out on Thursday <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's going to yes. be exciting. Keep uh, refreshing on Thursday. <laughs> yes. I feel like that's what we'll yes. be doing on Thursdays. Okay. Refresh, refresh the ISU yep. page. Refresh, refresh. Um, And, you know, we'll 
be like Christmas if they do come out. And of course, we will discuss it all with you um, when they do in our next episode. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the Grand Prix assignments look like for this Mm -hmm. year. They could look a bit different because, of course, Russia and Belarus is not... The, the skaters from Russia and Belarus will not be on the list. So I think it's good. Yeah, it's definitely going to look a little bit different. So, yeah, we will bring that to you. I'm sure the ISU, too, will get this out on Twitter. So we'll definitely be refreshing and following <laughs> and checking social media to get this information to you. Yeah. Now, since it is the end of June, we thought we would highlight some of the competitions that are coming up in July. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gina and I are going to one of them together, and I'm actually going to two events, including the Dallas Classic. This was a year ago. This was my first event back after 18 months of not photographing skating due to the pandemic. There, um... As we mentioned before, this is the start of the National Qualifying Series events for ice dance. There's also going to be solo dance, and the competition takes place in Allen, Texas from July 8th through the 10th. Robin, Anne, and I will be in attendance and are looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. (laughs) (laughs) Skate Wilmington takes place July 12th through the 17th in Wilmington, Delaware, it includes singles, ice dance, solo dance, adults, Excel, Compete USA, and the solo dance series. The Cactus Classic takes place in Scottsdale, Arizona from July 14th through the 17th. It's a national qualifying series event for singles and pairs, but also includes solo dance, showcase, adult, Excel, Compete USA, and adaptive skating. Skate Detroit takes place July 20th to the 23rd in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. The 2022 U.S. Collegiate Championships and Collegiate Invitational will take place in Richfield, Minnesota from July 22nd to 24th. And then my favorite event, (laughs) the Lake Placid Ice Dance International, which is an international event, and the Ice Dance Championships are going to take place in Lake Placid, New York, July 27th through the 29th. Again, this is part of the National Qualifying Series. And I'm so excited to get back there to just see the arena and what the renovations look like and just be in the area because it's a, it's just this it's a source of wonderful memories for mm-hmm. me. Having visited Lake Placid every year until 2019, um, since 2003, it's just going to be so great to be back there. And Gina and mm-hmm. Melanie, Robin everyone's coming most yeah i think our whole team is coming so i'm just really excited yeah i'm looking forward to be back there um i haven't been going as long as daphne i just i think it was one random summer i decided to go and i think i've been now going ever since it has a way of doing that to people (laughs) ask melanie sometime about how she planned to go to lake placid in 2007 and she went Almost every year after that, yeah. yeah. It ha- it just grips you. It's yeah, a magical Yeah, it was just, place. again, one summer, I'm not far from Lake Placid. It's about a five-hour drive for me. And I just decided, oh, I'm going to go. And now I've been like, I'm going to go this summer. I'm going to keep going. Just keep going. So, yep. um, I'm and your looking- mom is coming. And she is. Yeah, she is coming. 
<laughs> she does. So she's she coming. Yes, and I think she wants to do a little volunteering. I think we told her we put her to work, too. So um, she's looking forward yeah. to We're just looking forward to getting back, spending time with each other, as well as seeing some ice dancing, doing some photo shoots, and getting to see the new renovations and stuff, and just being in that quaint little town of Lake Placid. So, As Gina mentioned, photo shoots, we do photo shoots with some of the teams. Um, if you're listening and you're <laughs> on a team and you're going to be in Lake Placid, or if you're a solo dancer and you're going to be in Lake Placid and you would like to have a headshot, head over to icedance.com and you can check out the information on how to sign up for one. Yeah, we will put a link in the show notes. We will. <laughs> that same weekend is Lake Placid. Uh, another big one is taking place over on the West Coast. Glacier Falls is July 27th through the 31st in Anaheim, California. The 2022 High Performance Singles Camp will take place in Anaheim on July 31st. So, busy over there on the West Coast. And then rounding up our July summer competitions, the DuPage Open, which is a national qualifying event for singles, takes place July 29th through the 31st in Evingston, Illinois. Yes, and one major competition that will be taking place in August, that very first week, the Philadelphia Summer Championships. I remember this event when it was called Liberty. It's a big summer competition. For some reason, I feel like it was earlier in the summer, usually. That will be taking place from August 3rd through the 7th in Aston, Pennsylvania. Again, like usual, we have added this calendar to our website, and so all of these events will be listed there, along with other information. If you're in the area and you want to go out and watch and support the skaters who are there. That would be great. Um, we encourage you to do that. Mm -hmm. But Gina, can you let everyone know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us on our website at thisweekinskating.com. And as Daphne said, the calendar is there with all of these events that we just mentioned so that you can find out you know, when something is taking place, where it's taking place. It's all right there. Um, you can also check us out on our socials, including Twitter, this WK in skating, and then Facebook and Instagram. It's this week in skating. Um, so follow us if you haven't done so already. Um, and then we love to hear your feedback, your questions. If you've got an event that's coming up that you would like us to promote, you can reach out to us on social media, or you can email us at this week in skating at gmail.com. Yeah, and we appreciate the support that we've received so far via email and social media. The comments and suggestions mm -hmm. are great. The podcast has been evolving already based on suggestions that you guys have made. Gina and I have mentioned this before, but we're hoping by the fall when all of the international competitions start, we will mm -hmm. be in the groove and ready with our format pretty solidified. So... If you have any other suggestions, please let us know. As far as things going on over at IDC and FSO, I'm starting to update profiles for the 2022-23 season. So if you head over there, if you're a junior or senior team and you head over there, you can fill out uh, you can fill out our form to update your information. Or also, if you're a team that's new to junior or senior, you want to fill it out and add your information to our profile database, you can do that as well. Gina, what's going on over at FSO? 
Well, we were a little bit busy on Friday. Um, We were at the induction for the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame, um, where Michelle Kwan was inducted. Um, Team FSO's Scott Mamoser was in Colorado Springs for it. He was along the red carpet. He got to talk to Michelle. Um, He posted some stuff on social media, so if you wanted to see some of those videos... But his recap and interview with Michelle Kwan is coming up literally by the time you get to the end of this podcast, you will see the article and I will put the link in the show notes. I'm actually, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, going to go post his um, interview that he's got on our website. So yeah, but other than that, we don't, we're um, just get, you know, starting to get ready for this um upcoming season. Um, of course, we will have Grand Prix assignments on our website once those go up as well. And so we're just kind of moving along, just like everybody else's um, summer. We're in summer, but <laughs> I think we're kind of got one foot already ready for the fall season. I think, you know, we're just slowly getting in there. Yes, we are. <laughs> I am excited. The further we get through summer means we're getting closer to the fall international season. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Things continue to move in this direction. Um, I'm just excited to have things be a little bit calmer Mm -hmm. and hopefully better for the skaters for this season. With that, we've reached the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week.